Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Thank you for joining us on 102.9 FM WFPR Franklin Radio and for following our podcast. We are Mark and Kim. How are you today, Kim? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Everything is great. Excited for today. We have a very special guest we'd like to introduce you to. Her name is Jessica Scully, founder of the Commonwealth Wine School located in the heart of Harvard Square here in Massachusetts. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Jessica, we're so excited to be able to talk to you today because, as you probably know, Mark and I really like to focus our show on wine education and bringing little tidbits of what is currently going on in the uh, in the wine world to our listeners, whether those listeners be people who just like to drink wine as a little you know, fun, relaxing end of the day kind of thing, or people who have more of an interest in wine and like to take wine classes. Maybe they're a part of our wine club. So it's always a wonderful thing for us to find those people in the industry who are also focused on wine education. Um, I I couldn't agree with you more. I love talking about wine education too, and I certainly love sharing it with everyone. So thank you. Well, first, Jessica, can you please tell our listeners about your excited school, uh, Commonwealth Wine School? We're a wine school that opened up just last year in Harvard Square in Cambridge. And we really are trying very hard to make sure that we have something for everybody who loves wine or who just even wants to know a little bit more about wine. So we offer lots of different classes. Most nights of the week, we offer classes that are, you know, for for people who just want to um, either have a good time, maybe they're stuck at home a little bit too much. Right now, most of our classes are virtual. And we delve into either different regions or grape varieties or just a theme or a topic and have a great time for an evening. But we also are trying to offer classes for people who really want to learn more in an in-depth way about wine as well. And so we have several week-long classes, many multi-week-long classes, either diving into different regions like France or Italy or Spain through the Wine Scholar Guild. We also are the home in Boston for Grape Experience Wine School, which is the provider for all of the wine and spirits education classes, which go all the way from introduction to really expert level classes. And then we offer a lot of our own classes that last for many weeks where people can learn a whole lot about wine, taste lots of different wines, talk to other people who love wine, and just generally have a great time with the world of wine. I feel like it's so nice that you have put together a place and a school that brings a lot of separate elements that in Massachusetts and in Boston have always sort of been in a bunch of different places. The Boston Center for Adult Ed used to do classes before they closed down. There were, you know, restaurants that did classes. There were other places that did classes. And now you've really gathered all of these people and all of these topics and all of these certification courses because Mark and I will often get emails or phone calls or whatnot from people who want to know where do I go? They're ready for that next step. They're, they don't want to just, you know, go to a, a wine store on a Friday night and, you know, taste whatever the distributors 
have open there, they really want to start focusing on, hey, I really want to learn more. So it's it's so nice that there is some place that's central in Massachusetts that is now providing all of that. Yeah, that was really exactly my goal. I mean, I think going to a wine store on a Friday night and tasting what the distributors have is great. And I certainly still like to do that or pre-COVID, I like to do it even more. And I think it's it's really worthwhile and it's a great way to try lots of different wines. But I think you're right, Kim. I think at a certain point for people who really do love wine, they want to start putting the pieces together in maybe a more comprehensive way, which is a great reason to take a class. And you know, it actually was sort of the breakup of the Boston Center for Adult Ed, where I was teaching for Adam Chase for Grape Experience and WSET, um, that I really felt like, oh, you know, a lot of these programs now are a little bit homeless. Such great teachers are in Massachusetts, and we're lucky to have them on our faculty. But everybody was sort of providing their own uh, classes, which were great, but I think they were harder for people to find who really wanted to try out lots of different programs, maybe commit, maybe not commit, but really have every opportunity to learn as much about wine as they possibly could. So that's what we've tried to put together. And, And we're getting there. We're getting there. And we, like I said, we have wonderful teachers on the faculty. And now we're even better because we have Kim Simone as the manager of Commonwealth Wine School. I was was wondering how we were going to get into into that nice big announcement. The big announcement. For our our listeners and for our wine club, especially, you know, those, those people that follow us and that we really miss seeing because we used to see our wine club times a month. So now... Uh, full-time at the Commonwealth Wine School managing all the stuff. So it's fun. And I got to organize wine, which I love to do. And now I have access to all these classes. So it's really going to be nice to sort of spread that word so that there's more people who know about what we're doing at the wine school and, you know, just a lot more going on. So I'm really excited. Yeah, well, that we're was big super, news. super excited to have you there. And it's you had mentioned, Jessica, the, the instructors you have, and I, I'm just blown away with the staff and Joanne Ross, Erica Fry, the the phenomenal people in the in the industry around here and, and for educators. And and Kim and I've met, we always talk and when we started this show, The Wonderful World of Wine. It is such a small world of wine where everybody who does this educates, tastes things eventually meets at one time or another at something. And you've created a staff, you know, now with Kim, you have such a great group of people working for you. I think it's just a phenomenal thing that you're doing for wine education. You know, sometimes you just get lucky. And that's exactly how I feel most days in my life. I feel like an extremely lucky person, but wow, I couldn't be luckier to know the people who have dedicated their time and their expertise and their evenings to the school because the, you know, the school would not exist without the tremendous faculty. And you talked about Joanne Ross, who's such an expert on so many things, but obviously in Italy, Erica Fry, who I think knows everything about everything, but is also such an expert on France and Spain and German wines. Georgian wines, of course, and all sorts of funky little areas throughout the world. But we also have Adam Centamore, who, you know, was a manager at Formaggio Kitchen for years and years and years. And he just is such an expert with cheese and chocolate. He's such a food guy. He leads tours in better days around the world. And he's just so wonderful to talk about food and wine pairings with. Of course, we also have Noelle Dorsey, who's the seller manager at Skinner Auction House. 
her wealth of knowledge is just extraordinary. And you know, we have some new teachers also who are who have just started uh, some classes here this winter. Lauren Hayes, who of course is the renowned wine director at Pammy's Restaurant in Cambridge, and Seema Takare, who brings a really international perspective just from her life of living around the world and drinking around the world and studying around the world. You know, we're just really really tremendously lucky to have um, the know-how and the talent and the enthusiasm from the people who teach at the school. And you're right, Mark, you know, it's such a small world, (laughs) the wine world in general, but of course in New England and Massachusetts, you know, it's a small, this is a small town anyway. So you do meet everybody. And I have to say over and over again, the people I meet, I'm just, I'm impressed by what they know and what they're willing to share. You know, these are not people who want to um, keep all this information to themselves, really do enjoy, frankly tasting wine with other people and and talking about it and helping them understand these grapes, these wines, these regions, winemakers better. And so it is fun to have that all in one place. And even though right now we're remote, the goal all along, the goal was, you know, this started before COVID, but the goal all along really was to build a community for enthusiasts, just people who love wine, want to know a little bit more, but also professionals in the area, you know, and just build a community at the school where people can come and hang out and talk and taste and really have a great time learning more about wine. So I have so many follow-up questions about the school, but first I'd like you to tell our listeners, Jessica, a little bit about your wine background and how you came up with this idea to put this school together, to start a business of a wine school. So my wine background probably goes further back than my studies about wine. And certainly the school background goes further back than than my studies about wine. But I had always loved wine. I grew up in an Italian family. Wine was always on the table. And I was probably tasting wine, although I thought it was disgusting, from a very young age. I probably fell in love with wine. I was away at school. I went to this kind of hippie commune in Switzerland, which sounds very posh, but you have to believe me when I tell you it wasn't for high school. And Um, because I was associated with this kind of funky hippie summer camp. So I ended up there. And one of my best friends at the school ended up being from Montalcino in Italy. So I was a real teetotaler as a teenager. Uh, I certainly wasn't going to do anything I wasn't allowed to do or supposed to do. I wasn't going to taste wine, which I thought was yucky, until I went and visited her and her family for one long Easter break in March when, you know, I didn't have the money to come back to the States or anything. So her very kind family took me in. I was in Montalcino as a 16-year-old kid, and we were drinking this wine every night, tasting it. You know, I started slow, and uh, I don't think I went back. I th- I was really hooked, which was a great way to get hooked. Luckily, I was too poor for most of my life to drink such good stuff again for years and years and years. And I always wanted to learn more about wine, but I got, you know, I got sidetracked by having another job. And I was a teacher. I was a math teacher and a science teacher for many years. And that's what I went for for graduate school for. And I was really dedicated to teaching. When I had my daughter, though, I stopped teaching and I... I'm not going to say I had time to start learning about wine, but I definitely needed a distraction from my toddler that was more intellectual. And um, 
I found, I had been looking for a WSET class. I'd been living in Pittsburgh. And for years, you know, nothing was available there. Pennsylvania is a notoriously challenging wine state. But when she was about maybe one and a half or two, there it was, the very first WSET class run in Pittsburgh. And I jumped on it. And then uh, I never looked back. You know, I just kind of ferociously devoured absolutely all of the material I could. I started the WSET diploma when I was still in Pittsburgh. I would fly here to Boston to take the exams. And so when I moved back here, because I'm from here, when I moved back here about six years ago, I started teaching and consulting in wine instead of with science and math. And, And that was great. But as I said, it really was the breakup of the BCAE that made me feel like, you know, know what? These wine schools kind of need a home. You know, they, they need a shelter and, w- and one place to be. I'm dedicated to teaching and education. It's what I love to do. But I was also thinking that it would be a really cool thing to, to put something like that together. And like I said, I couldn't do it by myself. I wouldn't have done it without talking to Joanne and Erica first and Noelle and Adam Chase. And when they said, yeah, they'd like to be part of it, it kind of gave me the courage to think, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not in this alone. So let's go for it. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark and Kim. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Find out more information about Mark at his website, franklinliquors.com. And today we have a guest with us. She is Jessica Scully from the Commonwealth Wine School. And you can find the website for the wine school at commonwealthwineschool.com. So Jessica, we were talking a little bit about your background and about your reasons why you felt it was a really good time to open a wine school. How did COVID affect that? You know, uh, it sounds like on the one hand, your timing was perfect because so many of the teachers that you, you, we (laughs) now have working at the wine school kind of looking for that home and we're looking for that base of operations with other things kind of going under. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, March of 2020 (laughs) is not necessarily the best time to be starting a brand new business. So how has the last year been? It was um, startling, (laughs) as I think it was for all of us. So I, I really started to put the business together in fall of 2019 summer and fall of 2019. And so by January, I had made up my mind this was going to happen. I found a fantastic landlord with Trinity Properties in Harvard Square. And I signed the lease uh, end of February. You know, when we were, I guess, starting to hear about COVID, it was on the radar. It was certainly happening in China. It was not yet happening in Italy, I don't think. And it was the kind of thing where you would think darkly, is this going to come here? Is this really going to affect our lives? You can't live life like that. Let's let's move forward. That, that at least that's where I was in February when I signed the lease and um, got contractors together and started piecing things together uh, with the space to renovate it as a nice big classroom and functional uh, gathering space for people. And then COVID really did hit what, just about a year ago. Before everything did get closed down, my contractors had started working, I think end of February, beginning of March. And um, they were able able to keep going piecemeal, slowly, obviously, for good reasons throughout the spring and summer. So everything slowed down at that point, which was a good thing. I really, I mean, for for all of us, it, it was certainly challenging from a business point of view, but I think 
you know, all of us, the whole world had a need to pull back and reevaluate and think. But in terms of the school, there was no real reevaluating it because there was that lease, you know, <laughs> it had happened. And I'm, I'm sure if we had just shut down right there and then, that was a possibility. But, you know, like I said, I'm a teacher and drawing inspiration from my daughter's teachers and teachers around the state and the country and friends of mine, we just thought, well, you can teach. It's not the same. It's not perfect, but you can teach without seeing people face to face. So how do we do this? So starting in May, we started putting classes together and figuring out like everyone else, how Zoom worked. And bit by bit, we got going virtually as a school. We let that happen through the summer. And by the time all the paperwork was done, all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed with the city and our licensure came through and the insurance was all set to go. By September, the number, COVID numbers were not super low, but they, but they were lower. So we thought, okay, how do we put together a space that feels as safe as possible, given the conditions that we're in? So we have very few desks right now. I think we have 16. They're all seven, seven feet apart from each other. We've wrapped them in plexiglass, which go up three and a half feet. We have these super duper air purifiers going. And we thought, but you know, that's not enough because some people will still want to and need to be at home. So we set up a hybrid system. This, I really did borrow the idea from my daughter's school where mm -hmm. there's a camera that follows the teacher. So some students could be in the school, some people could be at home and the class could run seamlessly together. We uh, started putting together tasting kits for people at home. And we did that successfully, I would say. It was new, it was different, but we did that successfully, getting people in the room through November when the numbers really went through the roof. Maybe it was even early November. And at that point, it just felt to me, nobody shut us down, but it, it just felt to me that I didn't want to get sick. I didn't want our teachers to get sick. I certainly didn't want any of the students to get sick. And so since that time, we've just been virtual again. And honestly, I can't wait to get back into the classroom. I think it's going to be so fun to get people back together, learning together. I think we'll likely open back up also as a hybrid system. Maybe that'll never even go away. You know, maybe from now on, people just won't want to travel from New Hampshire or wherever they're going to come from. And that's going to be okay. But as far as I'm concerned, that's going to have to wait until the numbers come way down and until our vaccination rates go way up. Because I, I think public health and public safety and our personal health and personal safety are the, are the most important thing. Because as much as I love teaching about wine and learning about wine, it's wine. You know, this is this is not worth risking our lives over. But it sure is. It sure does help us get us get us through the pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jessica, here, that's what here, I wanted here. to ask you about was when you put your business plan together, was there any vision of online education? Not to the degree that there is now, that, right. that's for sure. I mean, so uh, what about the future? Are you thinking of keeping it because now yeah. you can grab a worldwide audience? Absolutely. You know, this is not going away, right? I mean, with troublesome times, with trouble comes comes innovation, right? Yeah. And I think it's really cool what has happened in the world of education just through sheer need. Luckily, we're not in the public education sphere. You know, we're not trying to deal with students who don't have 
the access that they should have and the contact that they should have or even the meals that they should have. We're dealing with a space where the people who can and want to can join us. I certainly hope that we'll have scholarships in the future for more people who want to join us. But online is not ever going to go away. And I don't think it should. I mean, look at what it's opened up. It's opened up for us, an audience of people that I never dreamed we would have. We have people in other countries who join our classes, which is just amazing. We have regular students who tune in from other states. I don't want to lose them. I, you know, I, they're valuable participants and, and members of our community. And that I really do think that once we're back in the classroom, the hybrid system will be great. You know, you could join in from home, you could join in from school, you could get your own wine, or you could get ours if you're local. And if if those regulations continue, I think it's a great way to learn, right? Yeah, I love it. This year yeah. has been, I've attended so many, for people like myself where it's hard to get away. It's hard for me to get right. to Harvard Square and to just be able to go online. I, I, I've seen so many of your classes lately online that I'm, I'm going to do that work into my schedule great. To be online. So I just hope yeah. you continue offering it both ways yeah. like that. It's just phenomenal. I, I think we will. And I think one of the things that Kim and I have been talking about rolling out in the coming months is not just classes when we have them, but classes when you want them. So, you know, we'll have them available at the school's website and you can sign up for the class and take it on your own time. You know, maybe be um, see the webinars, maybe take some quizzes if you want to go that route or not, but really just, you know, take it on your own time. And I think that's kind of part of the future as well. And what we've learned, which is that people need access to education on so many different levels because people have different ways of learning, but also they have different schedules. They live in different places. They need their downtime at different times. And why can't we service that now? We can't. So we had one big announcement today, Jessica, where Kim is now an employee of the Commonwealth Wine School. And we also want to let our listeners know that Kim and I have run the Franklin Wine Club, which is a meetup club. It started in 2014. And then Kim joined me in it. I think when was it, Kim? Maybe two years? Yeah, three years 2016? Now? I want to say maybe, maybe 2016. Yeah. So we've been running it together. And unlike you, Jessica, we did not do any online. We are all in-person club events. So when I saw your school, I had to reach out to Jessica and said, you know what? I need to see if I can partner with you to put these events out to our club members. So starting very soon, I'm going to post all of Jessica's events on the Franklin Wine Club meetup page, our Facebook pages, and direct them to you so our wine explorers can take advantage of all your great wine education. So I'm looking forward to that. We are so excited to partner with you too, Mark and Kim. Um, We can't wait to have your members join our classes and we want to make it easy for them. Not only, obviously, Mark will have, I'm sure, most of the wines that people need at, at the shop, but Kim will be able to bring our tasting kits down for people. And we're happy to offer all of the Franklin Wine Club members a 10% discount to any of our classes. We'd be thrilled to have people come and join us and participate and talk more about wine. And what I love about the classes too, is that there's something for everybody. There are producer classes. We had one this past weekend where people got to taste wine along with a Burgundy producer. We've got an upcoming one with a a manager and a winemaker from uh, Ramos Pinto, which is a porthouse in 
in uh, in mm-hmm. Portugal. There are, and you we know, have some fantastic ports coming in. For, yeah, for that. great ports coming Thank in. You. you know, there are yeah. fun wine classes about like volcanic wine and Austrian wine mm-hmm. and just so many like really cool things. I'm going to start developing some classes, which everybody knows my classes are a little uh, off the beaten path. I do like to Perfect. do things that are a little bit different. But then we have got those more traditional ones, you know, the yeah. the ones that if you are not a not a beginner, you know, you you want to bring your level of wine knowledge up a little bit. You want to do that deep dive into something, whether it's Italy or France or just basic wine. You know, we have those things too, both for people who are not wine professionals and people who are wine professionals. So it's a little bit for everyone. And I think that that's one of the things that is really wonderful about it is that if you like wine, you like tasting wine, you like learning about wine, there will be a class for you. Yeah, it is the place for you, regard regardless of who of who you are, which is the whole point, right? Of building a community. You know, I think one thing we've learned over the last several years is that it's easy to drift apart from each other. It's easy to not understand each other's perspectives. And I think the more people we draw in, the more people we talk to, the more people we communicate with about something that we all love, the more we come together. And I think that's important. Jessica, you mentioned that, that you do a chocolate, a food events, chocolate and cheese. Yeah. What is the setup at the school in Cambridge? Do you have a kitchen or do you do the food events there? So we don't have a food kitchen and we didn't manage to do too many of the, of the pairing classes um, before we closed down. So like I said, it's primarily Adam Centamore, who is such a chocolate and cheese whiz, if you could be a cheese whiz. Um, <laughs> who teaches these classes. And he's so interesting. And obviously with his relationship with Formaggio Kitchen, we get a lot of spectacular cheeses through them. So we have a preparatory kitchen that's not a kitchen where we will prepare food, but we can certainly prepare already prepared foods, you know, either in uh, kits for people or when we're back in the classroom, just just in, you know, sim- simple plates that we're able to do. We um, also are partnering with uh, an extraordinary chocolate shop and she brings in chocolates from all over the world. And she and Adam work closely together to put fantastic kits together for people. Um, and the stories about, you know, chocolate and cheese are just fascinating because, and not that we couldn't do it with other foods as well. And we have actually, we, we did a class with uh, Lauren Hayes, who's the wine director at Pammy's. And we did basically a dinner party where we had food from Pammy's, which was prepared by Chris Willis, who's the owner and head chef there, one of the owners, along with his wife, Pam. And then Lauren picked out the wines and we had a whole evening of takeout dinner party from Pammy's and fantastic wines. And we talked about food and wine pairing for the evening, which which was a lot of fun. So I, I hope that we'll do more, more and more of those. There's no reason not to. So how many people without all the COVID restrictions can you put in a classroom? Is it one big classroom? It's currently one large classroom. And, you know, initially back in the day, I was thinking, oh, how could we make this two classrooms? We could put in a movable wall. And I stopped thinking about that with COVID because I think we need to maintain space and maintain distance. So someday in this space, and maybe we'll expand to a larger space even at at some point, but we could fit in 49 people. That's our capacity in the space. So I have to tell you though, I really love to teach classes that are smaller than 40 anyway. I really love to have a social group and a social evening, which I think, you know, is easier, is easier done with slightly smaller groups than that. Yeah. Kim and I 
discuss that a lot when we do yeah. events and, yeah. and we'll have an event and there'll be like, you know, 20 people. And I'll look at Kim and see, geez, not that many people showed up tonight. She's like, this is the perfect <laughs> amount of people. Is this perfect. is one of the things that we're like totally on the opposite page. Mark's yeah. like, I need, need to fill the yeah. room with 45 people. I'm like, no, 25, yeah. <laughs> like 25 is good. <laughs> There's something really nice about having a small enough group, I think. And I find this on Zoom as well, where people feel like they could interrupt ask a question, mm -hmm. make a comment. For me as a teacher, I find that to be the most fun, the discussion, because you know, knowledge is so tailored to what people are coming in with. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to either fill in those gaps or even as a teacher, think about something you've never thought about before. And that doesn't happen in such large groups where you're just lecturing. I, so I like the discussion part. There are times, and certainly in cert some certification courses where maybe what you need most is a lecture. But I still think the nice thing about our school is that all the teachers are so accessible. You know, you can ask us questions anytime. You could get recommendations anytime, either in the class or, or afterwards, you know, through email or a phone call. So, And I think the, the idea is that we, Kim and I talk about this as well all the time, Jessica, too, is that this unlimited amount of ideas you can do for for classes and oh, tasting yeah. events. It's just crazy. And we come up with crazy ideas yeah. all the time. And you also, just to, to let the listeners know, you also do offer where private events, right? So people that are interested in doing their own little function, Absolutely. some sort of theme, they can contact the school yeah, and do that, that as that's well. Yeah, that's a huge part of, of how we spend each week, actually. We do events for, and this has been a really, dare I say, fun part of COVID. I mean, it's been tragic that we haven't been able to get together as families and groups of friends over the last year. And people are heartbroken because of missing those connections. But it's been a really cool way to connect with families and friends. And so we've done lots of small parties for people all over the country, groups of friends, groups of families, getting together, sharing some wine, talking about, you know, it's under a class format where we're, we're learning something about these wines that we're drinking and this, this country that we're talking about or the region. But really people get to sip and laugh and make jokes and have a party together. It's been really fun. We also do lots of corporate events, which are, you know, similar. I think a lot of companies used to have casual Fridays where there was, you know, bottles of wine open, open on Friday afternoons and people would schmooze with each other. That just doesn't happen anymore. And so we've done that for companies as well and just allowed people some downtime, even with their colleagues. And it's been a really cool thing, I think, that's happened over the over the last several months. How much that changes going forward, I have no idea. And that's okay, you know, right? We're we're able to wait and see. And um, but right now it's it's something that we can provide for people and it's been a lot of fun. And it's been fun to be, you know, kind of part of other people's family gatherings for a while. It's kind of like when you get to go to a friend's house for Thanksgiving dinner. It's really interesting to see other people's families and friends and think, yeah, this seems familiar and nice. So Jessica, your slogan I saw on your website, New England's premium school for wine education. We tried. Not, we tried. When you started, did you think, mm -hmm. you were you thinking just New England? I mean, now you could really be, you know, I'm thinking your school could be something like the, the Napa Valley Wine Academy, that type of thing oh, where it's, it's just a global 
but uh, when you first started, when you, when you said New England, was you thinking like, that's huge, New England, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what our, our huge New England states. Yeah, when I started, honestly, to me, as we said earlier, and as Kim was talking about, sort of the vacuum seemed to be local, right? You know, New York obviously has um, the International Wine Center and a number of other places. Obviously, there's uh, Napa Valley Wine Academy and San Francisco Wine School out in the Bay Area. And there are some great schools throughout the country. And it felt to me like we didn't have that. Has COVID changed my perspective on that? Let's say I'm cautious. <laughs> I'm a cautious and cautiously optimistic director of this new school. I think there are great opportunities opportunities. I think we have such wonderful people uh, that we're associated with. We could do all sorts of things, I guess, can't we? But right now, I really do want to build up our local community, get us all back together again, and, um, and we'll see where we go. I'm not interested right now in empire building. I'm interested in community building. So let's well, let's see where that takes. Doing a great job. And uh, I want to congratulate Kim and you on starting this adventure together. I'm and, very excited. Personally. And we, we are so <laughs> excited to have, have Kim there and feel lucky that she is there. Well, I feel quite lucky to have uh, found the wine school as well after losing such a wonderful position at Legal Seafoods and then sure. to find another one that seems just as good or maybe better. Feels like such a, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> like I feel like such a lucky person. Well, so, they're um, all good things. No question. I'm so excited to be uh, able to be teaching again with folks who have been my teachers and my mentors in the industry and just such generous people with their time and their education and their connections and just wonderful people to be around and wonderful people to know. And it's uh, very exciting for me to be able to maybe spread that news a little bit down here in the Southern part of Massachusetts and, uh, you know, get a lot more people interested in our wine classes. Thank you for joining us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We have been your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. As always, please leave us your questions and comments. And today our guest was Jessica Scully from thecommonwealthwineschool.com. And we hope that you will check out the Commonwealth Wine School classes. There are a number of very interesting things coming up in the near future. And we want to say thank you again for being our listeners on the wonderful world of wine. Cheers. Cheers. Wine, wine.